Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of the 100 Foot Jesus podcast. This is your host, Matt, flying solo. Man, oh man, 2020 is challenging. Um, <laughs> sorry to just throw a bummer on you at the beginning, but virtual schooling is not easy. Um, I can't tell you, if you are a school teacher listening to this, Guys, you have, you are the unsung heroes of 2020. Everyone knows that you're drastically underpaid. I mean, I've always thought that like, hey, guess what? The doctors didn't get to be doctors without the teachers. You know, the lawyers didn't get to be lawyers without their teachers. And you guys are the big unsung heroes in every single American dream story and we just kind of look past. Maybe because we have so many of you growing up. Maybe, I don't know. But I can tell you that as a youth pastor, when I talk to kids about who their most influential person in their life is, it's always going to end up being a coach. It's always going to end up being some sort of school teacher. And so you guys are amazing. Right now, schools are kind of jack-in-the-box shutting down in-person learning, opening up, shutting down in-person learning, opening up. Our teachers here, where we're at, just the way they have to pivot on the fly in high-pressure situations, because everybody has these local Facebook groups where all the parents come in and they, they care and out and they freak out and they say why they would do a better job. And yeah, so teachers, take a deep breath today. And know that you're loved and you're appreciated. This pandemic is poop to deal with. And you guys are one of those that take the big brunt of the issues. Other unsung heroes, man, small business owners. I'm a Michigan resident. And I absolutely hate that that our restaurants and different people like that, you have to deal with carry out only again. I'm not about to say it's not necessary because I don't know. Man, it's freeing to say I don't know in 2020, isn't it? Because I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is necessary according to this pandemic. Maybe it's an overreach. I don't know. So you are unsung heroes, restaurant owners and different people. Um if it follows the same pattern, next will be our barber shops. Uh, next will be our who knows what. But let's pray that this won't happen. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up, and some of you patriarchs of the family, you're worried about who do we expose to this virus in case we do. Some of our elderly, some of our more prone to get sick type people that, you know, that this virus can kill them. Not just like for me, if I get it, I have a bad week. For a lot of you guys, I mean, this is the death sentence. This is horrible death. And a lot of you guys have lost people to this virus. And I have a friend who's lost two grandparents to this virus. And, and I know, and I'm going to get to that in a second, because I know some of you guys hear that and you think, well, they were old. Okay. Um, today's episode is kind of about that subject. Something I learned for years, um, years of just being a part of ministry and suffering with people, because I believe suffering is such a present that God gives us. It refines us. It teaches us perseverance. It teaches us 
to rely on him. Um, For me, God has never been more real than when I'm in the midst of suffering. Like when bad things are going on to myself or my family or other people that I absolutely adore and love and would take a bullet for in a second. In those midst, I know God is so real. Today, we're going to kind of talk about that. Um, A lesson I learned through years of ministry is this. Nobody is a nobody. Let me say that again. Nobody is a nobody. We all go through periods of time when we feel like a nobody, don't we? Um, you, 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 you send that text message to somebody that's just like, just spilling your heart out <laughs> into the, the, the words you type. And then you send on the other end and you get a, okay, back. And it destroys you. Or they leave you on red and don't get back to you because, man, it's time sensitive. When you send that text where you are giving yourself complete vulnerability, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and you send it, it's so time sensitive. You want that, that acceptance back. You want that, that, um, you want them to feel like they value you. Everyone is a someone. Nobody is a nobody. We all want that. Um, in a church, we want to belong. We want to be a somebody. That's why, let's be honest, guys, um, a lot of young pastors that I work with, they really want to be preachers and they have zero interest in being pastors. That sounds harsh, but what I mean is they want to bring it. They want to have the cool phrase, like nobody's a nobody, but they want that cool phrase that everyone's going to love. They want the book deal. They want to speak at the Catalyst Conference. They want all that kind of stuff. They want to be memed. They want a picture of them like kind of raising a fist or looking cool in a black and white photo with their quote from that day. But they don't really want to be a pastor. They don't want to do the hard work. They don't want to sit with the guy that ruined his marriage and now he's sitting in the fact that he's getting divorced and everyone's going to know about it. They don't want that. And who does really, right? But it's part of the job. It is the pastor job you, you sign up for. They don't want the, the phone call or the text or the message or the coffee experience when you're sitting with a person and that person tells you, I don't believe in God anymore. Can you please share with me why I should? They don't want that, right? They, they, they don't want that experience. Because pastoring isn't just preaching. Preaching is a piece of it. We preach to make our people hungry, not to feed them. If you come to my church, if I'm the preaching pastor, which I haven't been one in a very long time, but I was for about nine years, but you come to my church and you say, well, I just left the church down the road because I wasn't being fed. I know that there's a ticking time bomb going on with you with about three years where you're going to say the same thing about me. Or the same thing about who preaches at my church. I know that that's what's going to happen. Why do I know that? Because that's how this works. If if you rely on me to feed you, I'm never going to feed you enough. I'm never going to give you everything you need in order to be fed as a, as a believer in Christ Jesus. I'm never going to give you that. You give you that. You 
find ways to grow. You find ways to get in the word of God yourself and experience it and struggle with it and disagree with it and agree with it and and get upset with finding out God is not the tidy, easy, non-messy being you thought he was. But nobody is a nobody in the kingdom of God. Loneliness is hard, especially in the pandemic, right? Because some of you guys, you guys, some of you guys who listen on the West Coast, you're way more locked down than we are in the Midwest. And you're lonely and you just sit in that. Some of you are surrounded by hundreds of people every day and you're so alone. Like you have nobody. You have best friends who come over to see you. You go see them. You have coworkers. You have a spouse. And yet you feel so alone because you kind of feel like I'm a nobody. What I've learned is nobody gets to be a nobody in the kingdom of God. We all have value. We all have things about us that make us who we are within the kingdom of God. I want to read from you from Psalm 139 today. Listen to what God says about us. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. David writes this in a very vulnerable time in his life. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You have have perceived my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. He knows your ways. He knows your things. You can't hide from him. And that is amazing news. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. God knows things about you and your ways and the way you are, the good and the bad, way more than you do, and you can't handle the knowledge about you. You can't handle the knowledge about God and the whole world you're building for yourself and he built for you. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. There's no crevice. There's no canyon. There's no ditch. There's no sinkhole you can go into where God isn't there. Verse 9, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Hold me fast. Do you know what hold me fast means? Hold me fast means that you will steady me on the most rocky terrain, the biggest climb. I watched the movie Everest as I fell asleep last night, and it's like so terrifying to climb Mount Everest. And he says, oh no, your hand will guide me and hold me fast, even on Mount Everest. There's nowhere God isn't going to be. Verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. There's no situation so dark. God's going to be like, I don't want to be around that. Now, God wants you to flee from sin, but sin doesn't shock God. He hates sin but it doesn't shock him because he loves you. This is you, guys. Uh, Verse 13. For you created me, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
Now, verse 13, a lot of us use that because we're pro-life. We are pro-life. In your mother's womb, he knitted you. He knew you. In your mother's womb. There are no accidents. That, that thing we call fetus in a collection of cells, that is a person created in the image of God. And God knit that one together in the mother's womb because he loves you. And he wants you to choose him as he gets old, as you get older, because he absolutely loves you. Verse 14, how do we respond to that then? I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. I have seen, it's, you've seen evidence of how amazing God is. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He's known you before there was a you, before there was a great, 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 great grandparent. He knew you before you were you. Verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Grains of sand. I love when scripture speaks of grains of sand. You ever sit on a beach and you look at the sand and you think, man, how small is a grain? Could I even see it? <laughs> and he says that it outnumbers the grains of sand, not just on one beach, on every beach, in every ocean. He says that, he says that God, his precious, his thoughts... God's thoughts are, are, will outnumber even that. Verse 19, if only God, you would slay the wicked away from me. You who are bloodthirsty, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them as enemies. Let's pause there. We are in a time of lots of enemies. If, if politically, um, media-wise, we have enemies. We really do. I mean the believers in Christ. I am not saying it's exclusively Democrats or Republicans in the United States, because guys, we have a lot of Republicans who are enemies of the church. A lot. They attempt to take the name of Jesus and use as an endorsement for all the evil they will commit. I'm not going to name names because it's subjective, but we know it's true. In the Democratic Party, the exact same thing. Libertarian, it doesn't matter. We're all sinners and we become enemies of God. In fact, before you were a believer in Jesus, in a follower of Jesus, did you know you were counted as an enemy of God? And he says, I hate those who hate you, Lord. The ones who have evil intent. Now, what do we do with up till verse 22, 19 through 22? What do we do? Well, here's one thing. We don't get on Facebook and blast them. You don't say how awful your governor is. That's not helpful, is it? You don't say how awful this president or this president-elect or this speaker of the house. How is that helpful? Do you not stir up more division in doing that? And you're not a lawmaker. You don't get to decide these things. You casted your vote. Now chill, right? But you pray these things up. Your rants that are on social media, guys, those rants are meant for here. This is a prayer life. And you're saying, God, these people are wicked. I need you to punish them now. 
The thing you can't do with that, though, you can't use it as a constant gossip and slander and rip people apart for a lot of reasons. One, you don't know all the facts. Two, what's it going to help? Encouraging people is what we need. So in this section, even when he's praising God with everything he has and all the passion he has, he still prays against the enemies of God. He still does. And we should too. Absolutely. Name them. Give them by name and pray to God that he'll punish them. Now, let's go to verse 23. He gives God this permission that God doesn't need, but he still says it. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Are you verse 23 these days? Are you saying, God, just search me, find out my blind spots, and know these anxious thoughts? We have anxious thoughts right now, right? Um, I work with teenagers, and all statistics, all data, all life experience I have shows they are anxious right now. They are suicidal in droves right now. They they have high anxiety that they really don't want to talk to people about. Yet, do you have a teenager in your life where you're like, "Hey, what's going on?" And they say, "I don't want to talk about it," and they change the subject to literally anything else. He says. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Verse 24 is such an amazing prayer to have, everybody. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. He says, Lord, see if there's any offensive way. What's my blind spot? What is holding me back from serving you with everything you deserve? Find that, God. Show it to me so I can get rid of it. Nobody gets to be a nobody in the kingdom of God. That prayer is meant for us. You are not a nobody. And you are so fearfully and wonderfully made and knit together. You are so much that. You are so much that. That you deserve a relationship with God that he's calling you to. That means fleeing from sin. That means being righteous, Lord. That means knowing, knowing God's heart and chasing after it. That's what we're meant to be. That's what we're meant to do. Guys, um, I love you guys and I appreciate you so much is our audience, but more so, I appreciate each and each and every one of you. And I hope that today you find the goodness in God. I hope you find the value in people because nobody gets to be a nobody. <laughs> nobody. I, I, I pray today when we argue about the coronavirus, when we say the word case, we mean person. <laughs> I, I, I pray that even our enemies, we pray as, as it says. Now, Jesus does say um, in the Sermon on the Mount that you pray for your enemies. You pray for those who persecute you. But you can also pray for God to punish them too because vengeance is his. Romans 13 is pretty magical, right? Anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys so much. I pray you have a wonderful week. And um, I pray you feel like a somebody today because to God you are. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one.